Well, good morning. Well, the baptism of Jesus was an important event. It's actually one of the few stories of the Bible that is recorded in all four of the Gospels. But as we just heard, Luke actually doesn't give us a whole lot of detail uh, as to what happened in the event itself. But he does do something really interesting. He gives us an interesting story about what happened right afterward, where he goes into detail about something right afterward. Immediately, immediately following his story of the baptism, Luke launches into a genealogy of Jesus. Now that's not unique uh, to Luke because Matthew also has a genealogy of Jesus, but Matthew and, and Luke actually approach their, their genealogies a little differently from one another. For instance, Matthew, who was writing his, his gospel primarily for a Jewish audience, begins his genealogy of Jesus with Abraham. Abraham is the father of Israel, the father of the Jewish people. And so he starts with Abraham and begins to work his way through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and works his way down through King David and then finally makes his way to Jesus. But Luke, Luke does it a little bit differently. He handles his genealogy differently. In fact, let's look at it. Grab a Bible. Yeah, grab a Bible. Do that. You should have a Bible somewhere in your pew right in front of you. That's a novel idea, isn't it? Actually grabbing a Bible while we're in church. It's in Luke chapter 3. You know, we normally don't need a Bible because our scripture is printed for us right there in our bulletin, right? I thought it would be nice for us to actually look at it this morning. Luke chapter 3. Maybe you have a... Uh, a Bible app on your phone. You could do that too, but if you have a Bible in front of you, it's, it's actually on page 60. I looked it up this morning when I got here in the New Testament, page 60. It is in the New Testament, not, not page 60 in the Old Testament. Luke chapter 3, we're looking at the 23rd verse. We're not going to read it from there, but just kind of look at it and summarize it and look at what's in front of you. The first thing you'll notice, uh, the difference between the way Matthew and Luke treat their genealogies is that Luke does it in reverse order. Luke starts with Jesus rather than ending with Jesus. Whereas Matthew, when he does his genealogy, begins in the past and then works his way forward, Luke does the opposite. Luke starts with Jesus and goes backward. Second, unlike Matthew, Luke's genealogy doesn't end at Abraham. As you look at it there in front of you, you'll see that, that he goes back to Abraham, but then he doesn't stop at Abraham. Of course, he's going backward. He's going in the reverse order from, from Matthew, but he goes to Abraham, and then he keeps on going. He goes all the way back to Adam. Remember, whereas Matthew was Jewish, and so he was writing to the Israelite people, he wanted them to see that Jesus was the Messiah of the Jewish people. Luke was not that. Luke was, was a Gentile. 
Luke was a non-Jewish person, so he was writing probably to an audience that was filled with a lot of non-Jewish people. So Luke takes his genealogy all the way back to the first son of God, who is Adam. So Luke's genealogy is, is essentially a list of sons, bookended by two sons of God, Adam and Jesus. Luke wants to emphasize that Jesus is the Messiah, not, not simply for the people of Israel, but for, but for all people. If we go back to the book of Genesis, of course it tells the story of Adam and Eve and how they turn from God in, in the Garden of Eden. They follow their own desires, their own selfish will rather than God's will. And this has been come to be known as the, the doctrine of original sin over the centuries, creating what we know as the fall from God. And since all human beings are sons and daughters of Adam, the doctrine of original sin says that we've all been born of this sinful nature. We are unable not to sin, thanks to Adam and Eve. So left to our own devices, we will eventually always choose the way that, that separates us from God. But what Luke is telling us in his genealogy is that Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, is the new Adam, is the second Adam. Jesus will undo the damage that the first Adam created. Jesus will tear down the wall. He will bridge the gap of sin that has separated us from God. Paul, the Apostle Paul, puts it very well in 1 Corinthians. He says, for since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a human being. For as all die in Adam, so all will be made alive in Christ. So whether we're Jewish, whether we're Gentile, no matter who we are, the first Adam doesn't hold sway over us anymore. Because the new Adam, Jesus, is now the head of our family tree. So this is all really good news. This is, this is what we come to church for. We come to church to hear the gospel, to hear good news. But there's one more difference. A, di a big difference between, I think, the way uh, Matthew and Luke treat their genealogy of Jesus. And it has a lot to do with, with our worship service today. You can see the way we're set up. Matthew actually begins his genealogy or begins his gospel with the genealogy of Jesus. I mean, it's right there. Chapter 1, verse 1. That's how he starts his gospel, talking about the genealogy of Jesus. But Luke doesn't do that. Luke waits. And Luke gives his genealogy of Jesus where? Well, you've got it in your hand. You're looking at it. Way later... In chapter 3, he gives his genealogy after the baptism of Jesus. He doesn't give his genealogy of Jesus after the birth of Jesus. Even though Luke writes about the birth of Jesus more than any of the other gospel writers, he doesn't give his genealogy of Jesus 
after the shepherds come to visit or after the angels sing glory to God in the highest. He doesn't give his genealogy of Jesus after Jesus is presented in the temple. No, he, he waits. He gives his genealogy of Jesus after he's baptized, when he's 30 years old. As if to point out that baptism means something. Baptism is important. That when we're baptized in the name of Jesus, we become part of the family tree, his family tree. We are, to use Paul's words, grafted. Grafted into the branch. We're grafted into God's family through this new Adam. And once we are members of this family, again, as Paul says, there is nothing, nothing that will separate us from the love of God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Baptism is meaningful, it's important. Some of you may well remember your baptism maybe a very important part of your, of your life and your memory. Some of you, like me, may not remember it at all because you may have been an infant. So the event itself may not be there for you. But for any of us who have ever attended or have witnessed or presided at a baptism, we can attest that baptism is one of the most powerful and meaningful events of life. Watching a, a child or a, a baby's eyes as the pastor pours the water from the pitcher into the font, it's amazing. The baby can be doing all kinds of things, can be looking and, and just fiddling around, but as soon as the water gets poured into the font, their eyes always become transfixed. It's incredible. Watch that the next time we baptize a baby. Lisa, my wife, was pointing out to me recently that one of our recent baptisms, the baby, uh, as the baby came up, was, was staring at the stained glass during the entire time. Watching the pride of, of parents and grandparents as the pastor holds the baby over the font and prays over the child and pours water on their head and, and, and baptizes their baby. It's incredible. Watching a young adult or, or a youth or, or an adult fall backwards into a lake as they're being immersed and baptized as they make that decision to follow Christ on their own. These are, uh, these are once in a lifetime special life-changing moments Baptism is meaningful. If you have not been baptized but are interested, would like to learn more about baptism, I hope you will speak with one of the pastors because we would love uh, to talk to you about that, making that happen in, in the weeks ahead. Might be a little hard to go out to the lake right now and do that. <laughs> a little bit chilly, but we'll make it happen for you. Life-transforming moments happen around baptismal waters. 
And in just a, a few moments, we're gonna have the opportunity to experience baptismal waters here in our service as, as we participate in a baptismal reaffirmation service. What we will do today is not a baptism, but is, is an opportunity for you to come forward and remember your baptism or to anticipate your baptism or to recommit your life to the commitments that you made, the affirmations, the promises you made to God at your baptism, your commitment to following Christ. Today's reaffirmation service is your reminder. It's your, your much-needed refresher that, as we heard in our scripture today, that you, yes, you are beloved by God. That with you, yes, you, God is well-pleased because you are a member of the family of Christ. It's good to be a member of God's family. You know, Olive Garden, the restaurant chain, used to have a slogan, an ad slogan. I'm an old advertising guy, so I, that's what I did for many years before I went into the ministry. I was in advertising, so I stay in touch. I always pay attention to advertising slogans. They used to have a slogan. The slogan for, for Olive Garden for so many years was, when you're here, you're family. I always thought that was good, a really good slogan. I liked it. I didn't like Olive Garden all that much, <laughs> honestly. But I thought the slogan was really good. I liked it because, really, there are few things better than being part of a family, right? When you're part of a family, you're welcomed to the table. When you're part of a family, you are loved for who you are, no matter who you are. When you're part of a family, you are never turned away because of your past, because of your mistakes. You're just loved. And this is the family that Jesus, the new Adam, invites us to when we are baptized into his name. So no offense to Olive Garden, but it is most true here in the church of Jesus Christ. When you are here, your family. Amen.